We are told that the sex of an individual determines many things. We might think of physical features or genetics, but how true are these claims really? Is Caster Semenya, who is a South African sprinter, also banned from competing by World Athletics for having abnormal levels of testosterone for a woman, an exception or the norm when it comes to the differences between the two sexes? From education, athletics, socialization, and in almost every aspect of our lives, the divide between male and female can be observed. Today, we see what science has to say about this divide. Does science actually support the stereotypical differences between men and women that we've been told? Are we more similar than we think? All of these questions and more in today's discussion on the sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about the sex binary in biology is Maria Denk, a biophysical chemist, science for everyone researcher, and a proud member of the queer and STEM community. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, Maria. Thanks for having me as well. Absolutely. So let's get right into it and talk about this sex binary in biology. Obviously, there are some things that are backed by science, but there's also obviously a lot of misconceptions. So today, let's focus on unfolding some of those misconceptions. So first question, what things between the male and female sex are not actually as different as we've been told? So I think the one thing that comes up very, very often is like hormones. So for example, I think a lot of us, um, when you're like taking high school um, sexual education curriculum, you're like estrogen is the female hormone. So it's progesterone. Testosterone is also the male hormone. But that's not really quite as clear as that because of the fact that everyone has a balance of these hormones. And I think this is a thing that really comes down to like um, this kind of like essentialism, binaryism that's like very enforced by people is the fact that there might be a difference on average, but the average difference is not large. So for example, even if you take like the height of an average woman versus a male, we know, for example, like males are on average taller than like females, but does that mean there's a huge difference? Not really. Like there's some really tall like females right. and there's also some really tall, like short males as well. And also like you have tons of overlap and that's kind of a lot of what really um, it's kind of there, like, yes, there might be differences, but those differences aren't as big as kind of this, like, oh, women are from Venus and like men are from Mars kind of like. So could you explain a little bit more about that? What are some reasons why these hormones are not as binary as we might think they are? So kind of, um, well, in general, it's like every human needs some kind of level of these. It's, and that will change from person to person. So kind of what I mentioned earlier with height, a big issue is that, um, for example, there will be some people who are female and have higher levels of testosterone than people who are male. It's like inevitable. It's, it's again, like some females are taller than some males. It's the case why, like, um, I don't know, like what are some like other typical examples? Like some, like females are much stronger than some males and like vice versa. It's kind of, that's the thing. I think it's, and that's, oh, final, one thing I also wanted to mention is the fact that, like, if you compare, for example, like, the estrogen levels between, like, a non-pregnant female and a non-pregnant male, those levels are much more similar than a pregnant female versus a non-pregnant female. And I think that's, like, I think that already says a lot. It's like, right. these levels are not static. It can depend on your, um, like stage and development it can also change if you are pregnant or not and there's tons of things that can change it 
So it's not very much like, oh, you have this testosterone level and that's the way it is for the rest of your life. Like it's not really right. like that. Yeah, makes sense. And that, you know, as we kind of mentioned in the introduction, that kind of reminds me of the Castor Semenya case where she was a South African sprinter. She was a woman who had uh, high testosterone levels, but she got banned by from competing by world athletics. So would you say that this is pretty much like a perfect example of how stereotypes play a role in making unethical decisions? Oh, hands down, like hands down. The one thing too is like, we don't even know if testosterone actually gives an advantage. And I think that really comes from the fact that like the stereotyping that like, oh, testosterone is the male hormone. Therefore you must act more male. And as a result, you must be stronger. Like that's kind of the entire, like, I think that's where it's really rooted in. I think the evidence supporting testosterone actually boosting your performance is kind of hand wavy. And also I think if that was the case, I think that the, like, whatever organizations would call it a doping drug. Like, we know that steroids, like, enhance it. If it was that bad, yeah. we'd be like, no testosterone at all. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Um, and it's just so, like, for me, it just, like, boggles my mind. Because, like, if they gave such an advantage, like, I would just expect the entire, like, women's, like, running team to be full of people with very high testosterone levels. And I don't remember off the top of my head but i think she has a mutation which gives her like higher rates of testosterone and again like testosterone levels can change between ethnicities and like and it's a lot more complicated than just being like oh yeah you have a little bit higher than like some males therefore like you are at a like advantage and it's also like the fact that like let's be real every single super athlete kind of has some kind of mutation in them like i think michael phelps has some kind of like lactic acid mutation which like prevents him from like building up lactic acid since and hence he doesn't get sore as often or like can has a bigger lung capacity i don't remember but it's like like at what point can you really stop for this like sake of fairness like you you like you would need like clones to go after the entire olympics <laughs> or, like i don't know i just think it's just it, it's just like transphobic it doesn't really serve its purpose and i just I don't know. I, I really just don't agree with it at all. Yeah, fair enough. So equipped with this knowledge, what do you think the big takeaway from all of this is? We've talked about a couple of things here today. So when it comes to scientific research, educational programs, anything like that, uh, how can we be more sensitive to all people of all identities? So first thing is you've listened to this podcast, so you've definitely equipped <laughs> and you started off with. So great for you. Um, But one thing for sure is kind of countering some of these like really common misconceptions. So I think the easiest one, like I mentioned, is like the hormones and also like the female male male brain thing as well. Because um, I mean, even for me, I joke that when I like walk into a hockey arena, I'm like, haha, it smells like testosterone in here. It's just, it's just sweat. Like there's definitely nothing along those lines. Like it's like being mindful of that, just, like and also it's just the fact that like these hormones are present in everyone and just like educating that and that can also like really help and just tell people that these hormone levels don't stay the same your entire life they can change from like a few hours in the day like there's certain like behaviors that happen and your testosterone levels just like skyrocket and whatnot so it's not as easy as very much people make it to seem and on top of that it's just um kind of use more inclusive language. Like I, for example, like in a medical context, I think 
um, oftentimes like women equals someone with a uterus and a man is equal to someone with a penis. And like, that's just the way it is. Whereas the reality is like, we have non-binary people, we have intersex people use people with uteruses. Um, I could go harping about JK Rowling right now, but that's not the topic of here. But um, again, I think being patient with people, telling them like, I know you've learned it this way, but um, have you considered it this way? And kind of like engaging in those kinds of talks is much more um, inclusive and just not making the assumption. I think those are kind of some of the really important things to be um, mindful of. And just kind of when people like say like, oh, sex binary is just the way it is. Bring up the facts, kind of say it's not as like, uh, it's not as uh, like binary as we think it is just because there's a difference. It doesn't mean that difference is large. And I think that's really a big part of it. Um, and also like, I don't mean to plug myself again, but we also did a sex chromosomes one a while back. And that kind of also goes into why, like even just calling the X and Y chromosome, like the female and male chromosome has its limitations as well. But I think overall, um, we, unfortunately, science has been used to gatekeep against various minorities and still does so. But I think if we can generally accept as a public to move away from these things, we will be much better off. Absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing your insights today, Maria. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, June. It was, thanks for having me as well. Thank you again for tuning in, and remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about sex and gender, chromosomes, or any of the other topics we've talked about on the show, visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at sci for everyone and on our website at www.scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, Connor McLean, June Kim, Sharon Nguyen, and Tanishwari Rajendran. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Grant.